Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast, the must-listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to the Times Magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride-to-be and in the best relationship of my life. So, If you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love Is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo Agnian episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right but haven't yet found Mr. Right? then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate because love is coming for you, baby, in more ways than one. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I am thrilled to have my very dear friend, Lucy Keevney on the Love Is Coming podcast. So Lucy is a transformational relationship coach. God, I can't bloody speak today. It's quite a tongue twister. Can I just say that, Lucy? <laughs> Saying what you do. It's that we both used to be actresses, so um, like I'm really clearly have lost all the diction that I used to have to do at drama school. Let me try that again. Lucy is a transformational relationship coach specializing in divorce and breakups. She's also a Kundalini yoga teacher, my Kundalini yoga teacher, um, and a retreat leader and mentor. And um, I'm just bloody thrilled to have you on the show, Lucy, because our little love story together was actually very synchronistic. And I always tell it, so I want you to tell it today. Okay, well, you just rocked up into my beautiful studio one very hot summer. It was last summer, wasn't it, in July? Yeah, it was actually the hottest day of the year. Yeah, the hottest day of the year. And I was about to sort of like stop teaching just to go on the summer holidays with my beautiful boys. And in you rocked. And it was just like, I remember asking you, I just felt very drawn to ask you lots of questions after after the class. And then we bumped into each other later on in the day, didn't we? And I just <laughs> remember, and I, uh, I just remember thinking, oh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna know this girl. I'm just definitely gonna connect with her. There was just, you know, I always say this, you know, sometimes it's happened in my life. You fall in love with men, or whatever you prefer, and then you also have exactly the same kind of falling in love with a new friend. And it's happened a number of times in my life where I just feel, I really feel like I'm gonna fall in love with that person. As a friend, do you know what I mean? And it's a different type of falling in love, but it is a falling in love. I completely concur. Do you know what? I've been talking about that a lot over the last week. Have Maybe you? that will do another episode in the future about that because love stories with with girls and and also you know some of my love stories with women over the years, you know, since being a child through the teenagers, university, all of that, drama school, there's been as much drama, I swear to God, as much drama in my love stories with women oh, as yeah. there in my love stories with men. Oh, yeah. And I've done a hell of a lot of work since, um, you know, particularly over the last couple of years, like a lot of work around it. I was not expecting to go on this tangent, but <laughs> yeah, so basically from my side, what happened with Lucy, like it was just meant to be. Um, and we had synchronicity in the way that I had when I met my fiance, Joe. So I, I just moved to, we just got back from Costa Rica, Joe and I, where we'd been for like six weeks over New Year. And we, um, we just knew that we were meant to move to Kensal Rise. Couldn't tell you why we knew, we just knew. And when we got to our new flat, it was in March, um, and sort of a few months there, there, I just had this feeling, oh, I meant to just meant to do some kundalini yoga like I'd done a bit but not loads over the years 
And so I got onto Google and I know like Kundalini, it's it's a lot harder to find a a good, well, any, let alone a good Kundalini class, which is ridiculous because it's, I think, the best yoga. Um, Anyway, I sat and got on Google, Kundalini yoga classes in London. And then I saw uh, one that was literally, I'm not joking, two minutes from my flat where I just moved. And and then I went with my friend and we turned up at Lucy's on the hottest day of the year. And from the minute you opened the door, Lucy, I was like, she is my, not just my kind of yoga teacher in that, like, you just, you, you're a bit of a spicer, which I, you know, <laughs> I really enjoy in a yoga teacher. Um, but just as a, as a woman, like, you know, and I was like, great. And she lives around the corner and we bumped into each other, each other later in our local pub, both on the roadway. <laughs> and I was like, you know, she, she understands balance. Wonderful. Yeah, I know. And it's been, it's just been a, you know, we, we've just, we clicked, didn't we? And it just went from there and it's um yeah I just love it when that happens I love it when life presents you with some beautiful new person you know I agree I agree and I we, you know we have such deep chats and you know over we've only known each other a year and a half and I feel like oh god I feel like I've known you at least a decade oh, and, no, um, no. I have no doubt we'll, we'll know you well till hopefully the end of days well exactly um, I hope so and you're moving to where I grew up which is even more I know amazing you know it's crazy it's it's crazy so there's there's more and more synchronicity so we as you could probably tell me and Lucy could probably go off on one about a thousand and one subjects to do with romance and everything in between but today we are talking about how not to be lonely this Christmas if you're newly or always single so the reason I want it today this episode is coming out on the 22nd of December 2020 um, so you if you're listening to this right now whatever your romantic situation is um, I promise you that you will get useful insights and information and content from what Lucy shares today. So I always like to start off these episodes by putting my guests on the spot. Now, Lucy actually already has already done this because we rec- <laughs> we recorded this back in October and Lucy even got a blow dry for the occasion because we were filming. And <laughs> I was very honoured. She looked absolutely beautiful. But it turns out I was a complete waste of time because it didn't record. For some reason, it didn't record the sound at all. So whilst we had the most amazing conversation, yeah. no one will ever hear it. <laughs> it's so typical, isn't it? It's just so typical. It's so typical. But on the positive we get to do it again. Yeah. We're not doing the filming this time. We're just doing voices, which actually is quite, I quite like it in a weird way. Um, not being able to see each other. I don't know why. It's a completely different vibe. It is, isn't um, it? It's so different. Yeah. It's like, do you know, it feels like, like I used to when I was younger. I swear, like, I feel really sorry for teenagers today because I don't think they do this anymore. Like my life was made up of, you know, this is before mobile. So we had the home phone. Yeah. And when a boy called you up, your parents, like they had to speak to your parents and then your parents had to shout up, you know? And so I'd spend like six hours a night on the phone to some boy. And this is what it reminds me of. Like, it feels like a good old fashioned phone call. You know what I, I mean? Remember, I remember once practicing a script to, with my best friend at home before I phoned a guy that I really fancied. Oh my God, we went over this script for hours and it was the most nerve wracking thing I've ever done in my life, phoning this guy up and with a prepared script. So, I mean, it was totally different to how it is now with WhatsApp, texting, everything. 
Yeah, exactly. But I think I, I do think the youth of today you can tell you can tell I'm getting on, but the youth, the youth of today, today. missing out. I I like I just think like Joe one thing that I really noticed when I met Joe, and he's still like this today. He's so old fashioned. He loves a phone call. He doesn't he loves, he loves a phone call. He will call anyone, he'll call my mates, he'll call my family, he'll call anyone. He loves it. And and that's actually quite rare because I've dated guys in the past who just like they don't um they they just they're like, Oh, I don't do phone calls. What do you mean you don't do phone calls? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I find that the intimacy that you can kind of get when it's a different kind of intimacy from when you can see someone's face. It's a different kind of intimacy from when, you know, you're on Zoom or, or even in real life when because you, you have to listen harder. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because yeah. you haven't got any visual cues. Yeah, and also you could really go into a very deep, intimate conversation. As you say, the visual cues aren't there, but you can really explore someone on the phone. I agree. You know, I've had numerous conversations for hours with with partners on phones, and I, I, I I'm, I'm like Joe. I'm quite old fashioned. I do like picking up the phone. I think it's just an easy way out, isn't it? When you just use, you know, texting or WhatsApp or anything like that, it's just an easy way out. I agree, and I think what it does. I can't. Uh, this is so not what I expect to talk about, but here we go. Um, I expect that it affects. Um, well, I think, sorry, it's the fact that people call each other so much less. Like my parents got rid of the house phone and I think that's true of a lot of people who uses house phones anymore is we are with, even though we are becoming, you know, we're communicating more and more exposed to each other because of social media, email, et cetera, like it's constant. We're actually so, we're not able to be as vulnerable or intimate. And I think that the not wanting to speak on a phone, which I have so many clients who say that to me, even when I say, um, oh, you know what, especially with COVID, like jump on a video, um, a video sort of date before you meet up in real life. Number one, you don't have to worry about catching COVID. Um, and number two, like you don't have to waste an entire bloody evening um, if you if there's just not any sense of chemistry or conversation doesn't flow with someone. And for some reason, they're like, oh, no, that's that's too much for me. And I'm like, how is meeting someone in real life less scary than meeting someone over a screen? But for some reason, I just think we, we something very weird is going on with the way that we communicate nowadays. I think when, what, you, what well, I think when you meet someone in the flesh, you, there's something about that, the pheromones, the chemistry, you can really pick up on someone's energy. And I think... Uh, I, you know, I, I, I remember a, a, an ex-partner of mine wanting to video chat me once. And, you know, I was in an intimate, deep relationship with him and it completely freaked me out. I was like, I mm-hmm. do not want a video chat with you. I'm so mm-hmm. happy for you to come and be with me. I mean, you know, he was he was in my house. You know, he was he was my partner. And literally the video chat just absolutely spiraled me out. It triggered me in some way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think there's something about being presented and it's also zoom is a is a new thing for so many of us and I think it really yeah. just brings up vulnerability and I think there's something quite exciting about getting dressed up and going out and meeting someone yeah. somewhere and getting that buzz and obviously it's not so exciting when you really don't like them and you have to extricate yourself very quickly out of the uh out of yeah. the place but I don't know do you see what I mean I feel like there's something quite exciting about the human energy yeah. and the human flesh and sort of seeing someone's face Yes, I agree. I agree. And actually, that's a very nice segue because we've already done about a 10 minute, if not more, digression <laughs> away from the topic today. Um, but yeah, so if you're listening to this, it's about to be Christmas or maybe it's just been Christmas or maybe it's t- 2025. I don't, I don't know when you're listening to this, but the point is it is 
we are recording it near Christmas time. And um, it, uh, particularly because it's 2020, it's very interesting. Like I'm getting a lot of, and I'm sure you are as well, Lucy, a lot of messages from women um, who are just kind of freaking out about Christmas this year. I mean, I, I get that most years, but it's it's got a different sort of vibe to it um, this year. Now, some of those are women who are like in a relationship and are freaking out and going, oh God, I just don't know if this is right. Um, and then, but the majority are, you know, I'm single and this year has shone a light on that even more. I'm really panicking about being lonely. This is something that, you know, we we associate Christmas. And I think I blame the John Lewis ads really, like that sort of idyllic time of year, like cozying up with your eggnog and your lover in their lovely, you know, Rudolph jumper, um, you know, fires crackling and like just that that sort of perfect vision of what we all want Christmas to be, which of inevitably so much of the time it completely fails to live up to those expectations, just like New Year's Eve. Um, so how I want to start, well, coming midway through to this podcast episode today, Lucy. Mm. I would love to hear your 60-second summary um, about your experience of Christmas and relationships over the years. That sounds fun. Oh, wait, I need to get my timer. I always forget to do this. Bear with me. (laughs) I will give you a little warning at 30 seconds, okay? Are you ready? I'm ready, Persia. Three, two, one. So I suppose I really explored relationships and Christmas when I met my husband. You know, prior to that, it was families and maybe a bit of hanging out with a boyfriend, Boxing Day, that kind of thing. But when I became a mother and I got married, that's when Christmas became the John Lewis advert for me in my mind. That's what it had to be, you know. Families, kids putting baubles and lights on trees, mulled wine, leaving out the carrot, the mince pie on Christmas Eve. And then obviously... I got married, I had a relationship and that was, oh no, and that was very cozy and cuddly. And then I got divorced and Christmas took on a whole new meaning for me. I've had one Christmas in a relationship since I got divorced. And again, you know, it triggered all those things of what it needed to be, comfort, security, family, home life. And it just triggers you. Christmas and relationships is the biggest trigger. Lucy, you've got seven seconds to go. That was phenomenal. Uh, dare I say that that was almost... As slick as a John Lewis Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. I really, I really got a lot from that. So let's, there's a, there's quite a few things I want to dive in deeper to there. So let's start with um, that, the vision of you, you got with your um, ex-partner and you went on to have children and, and then it became that pressure Mm. um, that a lot of, you know, women that I know, particularly if they're mums, they feel that pressure of like, almost like it's like a performing of Christmas for a lot of, particularly women, more so than men. What was, Go more into your experience of that. Well, just where I live and the people that I sort of are in my area, um, it, it is, you know, a big kind of family area where, you know, and, and, you know, it's just sort of drink, before COVID, obviously, before the pandemic, it's been a bit of a relief this year. But there's a lot of drinks, parties and and lots of kind of getting the tree and and just the pressure of kind of socializing and the pressure. I mean, I don't know if you send Christmas cards anymore, but like sending Christmas cards to each other and buying gifts and for things and doing house sales and, you know, things like that. And I just think the general feeling within me was 
you know, I've got to have a kind of perfect family. You know, Christmas needs to be perfect. It needs to be perfect for my children. You know, what is the price limit that we spend on presents? You know, and that increases each and every year as your kids get more demanding and their expectations get bigger and, and they, they expect more. Their friends, their peers are getting more. You know, also the family unity, the family dynamics with in-laws as well having to cope mm. with all of that, traveling around the country, putting kids in cars, kids screaming their heads off because they're so tired. So the reality of what actually Christmas is with young children is completely different from how it's expected to be. Um, mm. The reality is a frazzled, frazzled mother. That's the reality mm. of it. Mm, God, yeah, absolutely. And how do you think that that pressure, um, for, you know, whether you, I think that, I think women experience a pressure whether they have kids or not, I think it's probably more, I mean, it's inevitably going to be more if you have children. Um, of course it is just by the nature of like how much there more there is to do. But even, you know, the women who, um, well, from my own experience, uh, that perfectionism that we associate with Christmas, how do you think that this pressure to have the perfect Christmas and present and perform it really well and have everything all tickety-boo. How do you think that negatively affects women, where, particularly when they're single or well, they're just they're going through or come through a breakup? It's the inner narrative, isn't it? It's the inner dialogue and what it does in terms of triggering our inner, inner narrative. You know, So most of the time, well, we have a thousand thoughts per blink of the eye. So you've got to think how many thoughts are in the subconscious coming into the conscious mind and, you know, what, how, how healthy is that conversation in ourselves? You know, each and every day, are we waking up and saying to ourselves, you're bloody gorgeous. You know, who cares that you're alone at Christmas? You know, does it really matter? Because really what's happening right here is a relationship with me, you know, mm. and that is the thing that I'm nourishing and nurturing and the bigger and stronger I get in that relationship the hotter and the better that guy is going to be that comes into my life. Mm. Am I compromising myself because I fear being alone? So am I compromising myself in a relationship that's not serving me, that's not nourishing me, that's not making me feel good about myself, that's creating fear and anxiety because I have this image of what I think I need to be doing and how I need to be presenting myself to the rest of the world and to my peers and to my friends and to my family. You know, mm. so it's so much around the inner dialogue and that relationship with yourself. And, you know, I, I think each and every one of us, whether we are married, divorced, parent, single parent, have been single for a while, it all comes back to the same thing, Persia, which is what is the conversation that I'm having in my head with myself? And yes. how am I expecting to present myself to the world rather than just being the person I really am? Yeah, and the way that, okay, so I want to now do a bit of a comparison to illustrate that point of, because you are someone who really has experienced it. You're not just saying all the right things, Lucy, like you've lived it. And I'm only ever interested in hearing from people who, you know, they actually know what they're talking about because of their personal experience, not because they've read a book or, you know, read something on Instagram. So talk about your experience of, so you had that pressure being in the relationship, um, in the marriage. Um, and the pressure of of having kids and and having to you know feel like you've got to perform that perfect Christmas, and then do you remember and how like how long ago was it when your your first um, Christmas where you and your ex husband broke up and and how mm. on earth did that feel? It's funny actually, Persia, because I've just done a post on that um, about being 
you know, on your own at Christmas and your first Christmas as a single mom um, or, you know, out of a breakup. And uh, we broke up November the 21st. So I went and spent that first Christmas um, up north where he comes from. And we spent two days there with the kids because we weren't, we hadn't really told the children that we'd broken up. He'd left, but he was kind of coming back and spending the odd night here and stuff. We, we hadn't officially broken up. And I never forget walking around the block with my mother-in-law and she goes, oh, you know, he'll change his mind. He's just having a bit of a wobble. And I was like, no, this, this is it. This is it. And I remember that first Christmas of being, oh, it was utterly harrowing. And the Christmas before when, um, our second son was, um, a year I had found text messages on his phone to another woman. And so for two Christmases, I remember being truly vulnerable and frazzled. And, you know, literally my my adrenal energy was through the roof. I mean, I was stick thin and, um, you know, I think I was anesthetizing with plenty of champagne around Christmas and just trying to get through it for the sake of the children. Um, and you know, it was very symbolic getting that Christmas tree on my own and having to put it up and feeling very vulnerable and feeling very in my shadow and feeling like a child, feeling like a victim and sabotaging myself because of that. So probably not really looking after myself, not eating, drinking too much alcohol, all those things. This is before I discovered the power of Kundalini really to transform, um, and I just felt, I was so embarrassed as well to mm. have to admit this to my friends, go to drinks, parties, and, you know, basically burst into tears the whole time. Um, the whole thing just was riddled in shame and guilt, if I'm honest. Mm. Mm. So what would you say to someone who's in that position now, whether they are just coming out of the breakup? Because so many people this year, as we know, um, divorces are massively on the rise, Um uh, having spent all that time in lockdown and not being able to, what well, I think is the case. I, I think those people who are now, um, I think it's something like a 56% increase, maybe more, can't remember, um, in, in people filing for divorce. I believe that those marriages were also already not in a good place, but this year it became impossible to sweep it under the carpet because we haven't had anywhere to run and mm. kid ourselves, you know? So um, in the bigger picture, I think it's a good thing because if it's like, you know, if, if those relationships are not meant to be then it's you know it's better to not keep living in denial but what would you say to those people who are um who are feeling it now either just come out of breakup or in in the midst of it dreading going into Christmas or or just you know single and not in a not feeling good about it at all and and dreading Christmas what would you say to them well number one I'd say you're not alone you know, thinking that you are alone in this and that you're the only one going through it is 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 not it's not worth stepping into that place. And again, it comes back to that inner dialogue. You know, I would 100 percent um, ask that person to go easy on themselves and to minimize having to. And it, it's different in the pandemic, isn't it? But minimize having to put on a front for other people um, and pretend everything's OK when it's not. But I would also encourage them to nurture themselves with their closest, most supportive friends. So to reach out to a key number of people that you feel you can be vulnerable and open and honest with, um, not to speak to anyone that's going to trigger that sense of fear or guilt or shame, because there will be plenty of people in your life that do do that. 
and choose to spend Christmas Day exactly where it's going to nurture and nourish you and do what is right for you. So have some boundaries and put those boundaries in place. So you're putting Mm. yourself first and you're not available for some things and you are available for others. And, you know, for each and every one of us, that's a different thing. Some people want to be surrounded by lots of family and friends um, as much as you can be in this pandemic. And some people will want to just be in a very safe, um, nurturing environment or maybe just even with their children if they have them. Either way, it's about putting your needs first. It really is about putting your needs first. And if you have children, of course, you're going to be putting their needs first because Christmas when you have kids is all about the kids. But, you know, discussing with your ex, if you do have to do Christmas Day together, what is the best way to minimize arguments? How much time do we actually have to spend together for the sake of the children? Are we going to divide who has the children, who doesn't have the children? Are we going to break up Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and New Year's Eve? All of those things. It's about open, honest communication. If you are out of a... um, So I've got a good friend who's just broken up with someone that we at the weekend and you know, it's about her. She's like, I'm putting myself first now. I'm putting myself first. So her intention is to just make sure she's fit, go out for her regular runs, nurture and nourish herself. So I think that, you know, those key elements really are nurturing and nourishing yourself. A hundred percent. Oh, that was so, so helpful. And I I just want to add, whether you are in a relationship or not, everything you just said there, Lucy, is so helpful because, um, you know, I think Christmas can be great, but without a shadow of a doubt, it does not, <laughs> it does not encourage our most sort of healthy behaviors, does it? No. Um, overindulging in all sorts of different ways, which then, you know, leads to, if you're, if you are in a relationship, even with it, even if it's a good one, it's so easy to get into fights because you're, you know, you, that bloody week between Christmas and New Year goes on forever. You've eaten too much, you've drunk too much, you're hungover, you're feeling bloated and gross. Everyone's farting and it stinks. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, all, you know, you, there's family everywhere, you start irritating each other. So even in a good setup, you need to take yourself away and look after yourself so that you can be, be a, you know, enjoy your own yourself more, but also be more of um, a joy when you are in the presence of other people. I know that's, and I'm really speaking to myself there because I've, I've noticed over the years more, more and more, like I, I, I need my space and I need my alone time. And if I don't get that, I am no good to anyone else. Like I'm just not I'm a bloody nightmare. So that was really, really helpful. So just returning to this inner narrative that you were talking about. So what about nowadays? Because you are, um, your, your life looks very different. And how many, how, how many Christmases ago did you break up with your so, ex? Um, this will be my ninth Christmas as a single wow. woman. Yeah. So you've done a lot of them. And, and and what's your experience been then over those nine Christmases since since you broke up with him? Varied, varied. Um, so I think the first two, no, sorry, the first three Christmases we spent every Christmas day together. He would either come to my family for lunch. I never went up to his family because it would have been really weird because they're up north. I'm in London and to stay the night there would have been too complicated. But you know, he, we would then spend half the day together, do lunch together, and he'd either drive up north on his own or I would drive uh, or, I, or, or I would carry on taking the kids um, or he would take the kids up north. It was always like that. And the kids were waking up at 5.30 in the morning. So Christmas by five in the afternoon, we just absolutely done. 
But, you know, yeah. it was really good. I mean, it was very sweet. You used to rock up at seven in the morning dressed up as Father Christmas. I mean, my ex and mm. I get on really well. We have a great relationship and that has seriously taken huge effort and work to get there. And he's remarried now and he has a one-year-old baby daughter. So now Christmas is still slightly shared on Christmas Day. But yeah, I mean, each and every year, I, I just... I don't have an attachment to emotions around what Christmas used to be with with my ex. I mean, it's just not, mm. there is not an emotional attachment there anymore. I don't pine. I don't regret. I'm not triggered. I just enjoy Christmas as Christmas Day is. And it's funny because Christmas just evolves into, uh, you know, a new thing with new people in terms of grandparents pass on, younger children, uh, you know, gen new generations are born. Christmas evolves and we evolve. You know, we're mm. ever evolving. And I think the paradigm of staying in what we think Christmas needs to be, that very traditional thing, it doesn't. I've got friends that aren't even seeing their family this Christmas. They're just spending it with friends. You know, Yeah, I, I know quite a yeah, few people do. Wow. It's, it's okay. That mm. it's okay to just do what you need to do. And I know like you, Persia, that I need to spend, I have a block period every Christmas where I don't have my children. And I swear I get up in my pajamas and I stay in them all day for two days. And that has become my thing. Don't talk. I mean, I might go for a walk with a friend, play a board game or something. God, I sound really old, don't I? But, um, <laughs> but I like, you know what? I used to, I used to fill it Persia with, going to see people for drinks da, 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 because I was like I can't be on my own I did da, 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 you know trigger trigger I'm just like this is a disaster I'm broken up I'm divorced you know all this stuff that was years ago now it's like no this is heaven this mm. is heaven and it's taken me a while to really develop that desire to be with myself for long mm. periods of time and it mm. doesn't happen overnight it just doesn't mm. You know what? I can really hear, you can hear your inner narrative there, that that, that your strength, your, um, your just sense of sort of self-respect and there's just a gracefulness around it. It's really rare, Lucy. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying they're not out there, but I certainly haven't come across many women who've been through what you've been through. And I know there's a, you know, you've been through a lot more than um, a divorce in your life. Um, and, you know, you really are such a, uh, you, you really practice what you preach with your work. You really have integrity and authenticity. And um, so I really just want to say, if anyone is listening to this and you are going through a breakup or a divorce yourself, please go in. I know we're going to give um, the links, et cetera, later on um, at the end of the show, but please do go and check out Lucy's website and, uh, her Instagram, etc. She's got resources for you. I know she does, but you know, you have come into my life and like, I'm not even going through a divorce or a breakup, but your, what, you know, your teachings and, and your, the way that you teach, uh, Kundalini, uh, in fact, I did a class this morning with Joe, um, and you just are brilliant. You, you just say oh. things like they are. And I, I have to say, it's really refreshing because I think a lot these days in the wellness industry, like I don't really identify myself as being in that industry. And I think mm. it's partly because everyone's often, it feels like people are saying the right things, but when you actually speak to or meet them in real life, it doesn't match up with the online persona. <laughs> yeah. 
And, and I really, I really struggle with that because if, if this year has shown us anything, it's like, we just need to take off this bullshit perfectionism mask that, you know, we, is, is magnified at Christmas, but is there constantly, is there constantly. And I know that we all feel the pressure, but we, we are the ones who are keeping that pressure lid and cooker going, you know, mm. the only person who can take off that pressure is ourselves. So thank you so much for just sharing so openly and authentically. My pleasure. Um, I would, have you got any, ba, 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 ba. okay, do you know I'm going to ask you, what are you most excited for this Christmas? Um, what am I most excited for? Um, actually, you know what, I'm really excited just to hang out in a room of 10 people. Um, mm. And I'm not with my kids this Christmas, but I will spend Christmas morning with them. And to share, talk, laugh, be merry get to the countryside, go for a run, um, probably have some family arguments, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. not, who knows, be with my little nieces and my my nephews and older nieces. Um, and just to sit back and reflect on the year that has been, because my God, what a year it's been. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm really there with you. That is beautiful, beautiful answer. So we're moving to the lightning round yet. And do you know what? I don't think I thought to do this when we recorded before. So actually not in the way that I'm going to do it now. I don't know why I didn't think to. So I'm actually glad that we didn't actually record it last time. (laughs) So these are all good. I'm going to try as best I can. So this section is inspired from that friends episode. Oh yeah. You know the one where they like battle over the apartment. Yes, I love that one. I know, and does lightning round. So that's what this section is. And I'm going to try. I have not pre-planned this. You'll probably be able to tell. I'm going to try and add a Christmassy flair into the questions. So, are you ready? We're going to. We're going to just think off the top of your head. We're going to go whiz through really fast. Oh, God, okay, okay, so okay. biggest love lesson with regards to Christmas. Don't expect too much. Mm. Okay, biggest, if you have one, biggest <laughs> Christmas dating fail or disaster? Um, I don't really have one. I'm just thinking, well, probably um, probably disaster is my first Christmas as a single mum. Yeah. Mm. I'm not going to be able to make the would you rather Christmassy. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to try. Right. Um, oh. Okay, so a Grinch <laughs> or a Santa? <laughs> in my bed. Is this who I'm going Would to spend? I definitely want the Grinch. Better lover. <laughs> I want that green furry Grinch. Give <laughs> me that Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on a first date at Christmas, you <laughs> you run into your ex or theirs. Um. I think I'd I'd want to run into my ex, 100%. Okay, good. Um, On a date at Christmas where you're supping on some um, mulled wine, (laughs) you drop a condom or a tampon? A tampon. Um, Christmas Eve. Yes. Would you rather premature ejaculation with your new bow or they can't get it up? Um, well, I think you can still satisfy each other with either of those, but I am going to go for prem ejaculation. 
You take that. That's interesting. Actually, no, that's that's what everyone says because is they're it? like, well, at least I know it can work. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, it's so funny, Persia, because it's not just uh, anyway. That's a whole other podcast, I reckon. <laughs> we'll have to do a sexy one at some point. Sure. Okay. So the the last of the would you rather's the very naff Christmas round of sure. would you rather. It's Christmas morning. <laughs> would you rather you fart? Like you've just met this guy and you fart. Him. Okay. Oh, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Got it right. You go to midnight mass with him. Okay. And you do a massive fart midway through in the bleak midwinter, <laughs> or you uh, you queef the first time you have sex with him on Christmas morning. <laughs> uh, the first time I have sex with him, I queef. Okay. I, I think I. Oh God. Um. Oh, think about this. I think probably. Uh, farting in the middle of the service because generally when you start meeting when you first meet a man he'll just start farting anyway won't he I I feel like the beginning of a new sort of romance my stomach is in so much pain from like holding farts in same it's the worst thing it is one's gonna escape and you like try and go to the toilet (laughs) and then I learned this tip from Maya Jammer. Oh. And annoyingly, I learned it when I was already well into my relationship with Joe. But this is so handy. She said, um, when, if you're like at the beginning of dating someone and you really need to fart, go and have a shower or just turn the shower on and pretend you're having a shower and fart your little heart away. Because sometimes <laughs> in the toilet, you're like, God, I just cannot trust that this is not going to be super loud. I've got a trick. So, I've got a trick, darling. So you, run, you and whenever you, so like I've got a, in, in my um, bedroom, I've got a small little bathroom attached to it. So when you, you know, new lover, that kind of thing, they can hear everything when you go to the loo. So I just, and I do this now everywhere I go, I just run the tap. Mm, it yeah. does, it covers everything yeah. up. If you let a little, like yeah. before a poo, you let a little. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know what? I've, I've done that at yours house most of the times <laughs> of number two, if I'm honest, Luz. <laughs> While mid yoga, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> nature calls I, I, do, I do get a few people farting in my yoga classes it does happen I do oh my God, that's the most embarrassing I know I've bloody been there babes I've probably <laughs> been one of them actually and not even noticed <laughs> okay right next question is uh, is a segment called boil that bunny right so um boil that Christmas bunny <laughs> Ball that Christmas linen bunny, whatever it is. Okay. So, um, oh God, I love, I can't wait to have some linen at Christmas. Those oh bloody God, linen. it's the best. It's, it's the best. Better. You can't yeah. beat it. Yeah. Um, okay, so what is the most dramatic um, bunny boiling sort of behavior you've done in either in a relationship or dating, but around Christmas time? I think obsessively phoning someone, and I think all women are kind of guilty of this and men as well, but you know, not getting the message, like kind of ringing someone. I mean, not like hundreds of times, but, you know, not getting the bloody message that this guy is just not interested. into you. Just not that into me. And like, it was like, I think, I think probably also alcohol might have been, you know, part of that story. So, you know, just not, just not getting the message and being a bit of a dick around that. Mm. And, And, um, what else? Uh, probably getting, you know, probably making a fool of myself or something like that. I mean, God, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm rewinding quite a few years here, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think it's always calling someone a bit too much. Mm-hmm. 
Is that, yeah, yeah, I know that one well. Well, I was, um, I always say here, one of my old clients before we started working together, my ad, she called an ex 187 times in one sitting. But that's, in, that's extraordinary. <laughs> it's extraordinary. <laughs> I, actually, I actually put it into, you'll see it on my most recent, like on Instagram, I actually turned that into a, um, like a, a, a social Instagram image thing because it was so Did funny. You? Yeah, I mean, it's like, I, mean, I actually just don't think that's possible. How is that possible? I mean, how many well, hours? Before... It is. <laughs> it is possible. Um, uh, but, you know, we're, all, we're all so guilty of that, aren't we? Like, we just also, that's a little bit of that kind of ghosting thing, isn't it? It's when, you know, a guy, I mean, I wouldn't have phoned this guy if I probably, you know, I've had sex with him and he's been interested and we've had a bit of this and that. And then he's just gone cold you know, and then I've just gone, well, that's not good enough. I'm just going to yeah. phone you a lot and <laughs> you aren't going to answer the phone ever. And it's going to get to the point where a good friend is going to have to tell me he's just not that into you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, you know, it's not like you're, it's not a stalking thing that that's not stalking. That is just going, hang on a minute. What, what, one minute you were there and the next minute you're not, mm. you know? Mm. It's, um, I do think that at Christmas, oh, can you hear an echo? A little bit, I, but I think it's okay. Um, so yeah, I feel like Christmas, because there's so much booze flowing in particular, and because everyone's emotions are on high, you know, high alert. Um, I do remember like the one Christmas that I spent, well, not the one that I spent, I spent more single, but the one where there, there was literally no one, not even any sort of person waiting in the wings to text. Like just, it, it, it can lead to you just, you know, nowadays getting on the, whether the dating apps That's or um, in fact I think for the first time I went on dating apps was actually just after Christmas I mean I did I did do it in, in a healthy way because it was the beginning of 2015 which is the year I met Joe. Mm. but I think Christmas probably had really influenced that decision because I'd never done it before and I never did it again I literally did it once um, and dated one guy for a few months um, so that leads me to my next little segment deal makers and deal breakers what are your Three biggest turn-offs and three biggest turn-ons when it comes oh, to... I'm really not into liars and um, men who are walk into a room if they, you're, you're, you know, I really have a thing because my dad used to do it and my ex-boyfriend did it and it was just like massive red flag for me. Um, when they walk into a room and they, they scan the room for the most attractive few women and then they single them out and they kind of do the eye contact thing with them to make this very narcissistic behavior to make sure that that woman has clocked them. And then they kind of just do this eye flirting all night when you're mm-hmm. with them, you're their partner. So that kind of links into um, someone who, you know, displays narcissistic tendencies is an absolute no way for me. That's like a massive boundary. Someone who lies. So even about small things, you know, just isn't a really truthful, honest person. And someone who isn't reliable. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what about biggest three biggest turn-ons? Uh, humor is a big turn-on for me. Um, trust and honesty is a massive turn-on for me. And someone who can go deep. Mm. Not just in bed, by the way. I was trying to find something funny to say. <laughs> okay, so we've got um, an agony aunt, a Christmas-inspired uh, agony aunt question from a woman in my Facebook group 
the love hub. Um, this is from Rowena and she asks you, Lucy, um, once again, I find myself single at Christmas and I am panicking about being asked about why I'm single once again by all my uh, relatives. Mm. Have you got any advice? <clears throat> well, I would get yourself something beautiful to wear that you feel really hot in, blow dry your hair or do your hair up, get yourself looking like a sexy siren, look in the mirror, tell yourself 10 times, I am fucking great, I am fucking gorgeous. And then go and hit that family. And if they go, oh, so dear, you know, if you met anyone, you, you're gonna anyone, you know, you're gonna be on the shelf, da da da. Just go, oh, I'm really, you know, just absolutely fake it to make it, even if you're not feeling it. I kind of don't like that word phrase, fake it to make it, but it works sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. just own yourself, just own your presence, and you just come up with a line, so something like. Oh, I'm just, I'm just really busy uh, getting on with my life and really enjoying it at the moment. I've got plenty of guys all after me, but I'm just so happy where I am. And there's absolutely no rush for me. And I don't feel any kind of panic at all. Something, I mean, this is just off the top of my head, but absolutely own yourself. Absolutely put yourself in the best position where not, not one bit of you is in your shadow. Not one bit of you is feeling like a victim or a, or a child. And not one bit of you wants to sabotage your inner dialogue to make yourself feel smaller. You're not small. You're fucking fantastic. And you need mm. to tell yourself you're fucking fantastic, especially on Christmas morning. And I would definitely do some kind of little mini practice to get yourself in that zone. So some deep breathing, a little guided meditation, go for a run, go for a walk, you know, have a nice bath, something that really nurtures and nourishes you and kicks off your day brilliantly. But, you know, relatives are the biggest triggers, aunties, uncles, anyone in the family, they're the ones that trigger us the most. So, you know, put that little beautiful shield of beautiful white light around you and remind yourself how fucking amazing you are. A hundred percent. I could not agree more. Um, and, you know, and, and another handy little thing is just to keep it light and a throwaway comment when someone asks yes. you something like that. Like, is just say, um, you might say something like, all in good time, give them a wink. Yeah. And then, um, like, pass me the volivance, you know. Like, <laughs> or, do you know what? I, I have a friend who fucking there. She said something like that, like, all, all in good time. And then she'll go, so, Aunt Mildred... Her, her aunt definitely isn't called Mildred, but yeah. I can't remember. She's like, how's the sex life? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is just priceless. Why is it okay yeah. you to put my romantic life on the spot? And then, you know, it's like, it's, it's actually quite, and I don't think people are meaning to be rude unless they say something that is directly quite rude. Um, but a lot of the time, I think it's just, you know, it's people well-meaning, but it's like their own insecurity um, around the idea of being single. And a lot of the time, those people who are asking those questions are in miserable relationships or marriages themselves. Generally, so, yeah. Generally, you're yeah. Right. yeah. So, so I agree with you, Lucy. It's like, it's, it's like, don't allow that. You don't need to get defense. There's no point getting defensive. You don't need to defend yourself. Just come up with, you know, maybe like get your notebook out and write down a list of 10 kind of fun throwaway comments or like, what are you talking about? Of course, I've got guys lying around the no, block today. That's it. You know, make it a funny thing because immediately what you're saying to them is like, I will, I'm I'm going to engage in a humorous way, but I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to justify or defend or explain my romantic situation with you. And, like that's yeah. what you're saying. And, and, and without you know, having to go into one on Christmas morning, you know, Christmas day. But you don't need to explain yourself to anyone ever, you know? And 
you know, I just think it's about recognizing that just because uh, the media and advertising and, and the kind of old uh, ideals of what Christmas should be and, and is, this year has thrown that all, you know, all up in the air, really. And that's why, actually, you know, people that are spending it with friends more than maybe, uh, you know, feeling that they have to do something or have to go here or whatever. This is, this is if you're going to do one Christmas, this is the Christmas to do you. you oh, know? 100%. And, if, you know, and, and don't claw your way um, through all these apps just to find someone that's going to like, I mean, I've done this and this is why I say this, you know, I think I think I maybe in the past have kind of got a bit heavy on the app thing just to have some guy to be like chatting to on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, because mm-hmm. it made me feel like I was needed and wanted, you know, and actually looking back on that, I think, God, I'm in a, such a different place now, but I was there and I really relate to it because mm. it brings up for us Christmas when you see happy families or people like walking arm in arm or people like, you know, in pubs or, you know, having cozy romantic suppers or whatever. It, it's all triggers. It's all stuff that triggers you, but it's just a day, isn't it? It's just a, mm. it's just a week of your life and don't rush into anything just for the sake of that. Exactly. Okay, so last couple of minutes. Um, I'm gonna, (laughs) I'm gonna try. We are gonna try together, Lucy, to do a Christmas spin on this section, which is name that genital. So it has to be Christmas related. A lady's bits and a man's bits. Give it. How can they be Christmas? How can they be Christmas related, Persia? I don't know. This is where you have to get creative. I've already thought of one for a man. Jingle, jingle bells. <laughs> I was actually thinking of Rudolph's nose. Oh, all right. Um, Rudolph's nose. <laughs> but it's harder with a woman. It's like, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I mean, you know, this, I, I have realised that I've sworn on this podcast. And actually, I know that you're not really allowed to swear on your oh. podcast, are you? I, well, you I, are allowed to. I have to, I have to roll in. Okay, so like you're really putting me on the spot here. So what do I have to do? So just come up with like a Christmas themed name for a ladies and man's bits. Okay, I love it. Well, just just come up with it, Lucy. Like it's just no. not hard. No, not hard at all. Like funny uh vagina, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um you already had jingle bells. Yeah, jingle balls. There we go. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Um, Willie all the way. Um, <laughs> I love that you're taking it a step further and like, no, I'm going to give you a carol. Not is it Rudolph the red nose fanny had a very shiny vulva. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's something, isn't it? You took it to a whole new level, babe. <laughs> had a very shiny vulva. <laughs> We probably won't be able to put that bit in the audio clip, but I you know what? I really hope that you're drinking a glass of mulled wine. Particularly this section at the end. We're not editing it out. We're keeping it in. Absolutely. Oh my God. I love you so much. That's a perfect place to ask you where, where can people find you if they want some more red shiny vulvas? Oh God, honestly. Um, people can find me at my website, which is www.lucykeveney.com. Um, dot com lucykeepney.com or on ig which is lucykeepney coaching 
Is it Lucy Keevney, not Lucy K on Instagram now? No, it's yeah, Persia. It's changed. It's oh, uh, it's, changed, it's, right? it's Lucy Keevney coaching on Instagram. Yeah, and that's K E A V E N Y. Beautiful, beautiful voiceover voice there, darling. Thanks, well, we've got the sexiest voice. Just in case anyone was like, why is her voice so sexy? Lucy actually used to uh, do a lot of. Can you? Are you allowed to say anything that you used to do? Yeah, radio. I feel like I recognize this voice. Go yeah, on. no, I'm Garnier. Garnier. I mean, you know, I did it all. Radio One, Max Factor. I mean, I swear <laughs> all of it. <laughs> you just have such a good voice for voiceovers. In fact, do you do you have meditation somewhere on your website? Yeah, I do. Like- I, I do actually, my lovely. Thanks for asking that. I've got a, a letting go of stress meditation free download. And the minute you get that, you get access to that as soon as you get on my website. And that just kind of, it's a really simple, it's about 14 minutes, maybe even not that long. Actually, that's a good thing to do around Christmas if you want a little yes. guided meditation. But I know you've got meditations as well, Persh. But, um, I do, but thanks. we need to talk about you and your sexy, sexy voice. <laughs> you should do, you should record some sort of, do you know what you should do? You should make like, uh, probably not children's, maybe sort of I was about to say, like, filthy Christmas adult <laughs> book. I'd buy it. And you should do the audio for it. <laughs> no, no, I'm right. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I love, I love you know, it's it's great fun uh, working with your voice, actually. And it's something that's, we, we've all got a voice, actually. And it's about using it, isn't it? It is, babes, which is exactly what you have been doing on this podcast, which I've loved. So final thing before we go. Uh, what is your number one piece of advice for the single women who are listening to this who um, are really worried about Christmas 2020 and doing it on their own? What have you got to say to them? Why waste your beautiful energy worrying about something that you have absolutely no control of at this point in the sense of, and that may sound really negative, but look look at what you do have control on. Look at what you can be happy about. Don't focus on the negative switch it into a positive mindset. Look at what you have achieved this year. Look at what you have got done this year. Look at how great and beautiful and wonderful you are from the inside out. Look at your inner dialogue, write a journal, buy yourself a beautiful Christmas present. Do the things that you are going to feel good and nourished and supported by. Hang out with people that are going to do that for you as well. Um, And remember, this is just one Christmas. This is just one little year There are many, many more experiences to come. You have no idea what's around the corner, but what you can do is focus entirely on your energy, focus entirely on how you can make yourself feel as gorgeous as you possibly can from the inside out. Do that work and the rest will follow. Oh, Lucy. Well, I hope they rewind that and pause it and write every single thing down there because that was bloody helpful. Um, I love you so much. Thank you for being the most epic guest. Thank you for your filthy little Christmas ditty, (laughs) which I'm going to now sing to you forevermore every Christmas. Um, Might even make it my ringtone. Who knows? But I I love you. This has been amazing. I'm so glad that the first one didn't work. So we got to do this one. Um, You are an and I love you very much I love you Persia I love you and I love what you do and I love everything that you do for all these beautiful ladies thank you darling Um, bye everyone bye and that's a wrap thank you so much for tuning in for this episode I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it for you now If you know that you need to do some serious work on your love life in order to attract and sustain your dream relationship, but 
With everything that's been going on in the world lately because of this bloody virus, you just don't have the funds right now to invest in therapy or love coaching, then I created something especially for you. It's called Romantic Reset and it's my four-day mini course designed to reprogram your mindset around dating and relationships. It's worth £862 but is available to buy today for just £37. To find out more, head to getyoursoulmate.com forward slash romantic hyphen reset. The link is also in the show notes for this podcast episode. On that note, if you got value from this episode, I would be so grateful if you would like, share, subscribe, and leave me a review to help the podcast rank higher so it can reach other people who want or need the support. So see you next week, my love. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember... Love is coming for you. So surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate.